So tonight we're having a chat with Josh and Kean from the Yak Hunters Pro Staff team in Queensland. Uh, we're discussing the fighthead round for round three, just with some tips and tricks for the guys that are fishing that round. Um, there's a couple of little stories at the end there from the boys, some memorable moments uh, from Kean and you know Josh sort of just said no, he just loves everything, he loves his fishing, so. He told a couple of little stories around a GoPro and stuff, but yeah, no, it was some good info, some good feedback. So if you want to have a good listen along, could help some of you guys out there going to round three at the Queensland round for Flathead. Uh, Kean has well and truly caught some big monsters and he won't share everything, but he'll give you guys some tips to get you started. So listen along and let us know how you find it and hope you enjoy the episode, guys. Enjoy. And I will say, guys, Unfortunately, the audio did muck up at the start of this chat and I did have to do a quick scrounge around. I did just purchase some proper podcast microphones so that we can start doing a bit more of this stuff. So yeah, unfortunately, if you notice at the start, it's a little choppy, you'll see that that's why. So yeah, we fixed the issue. I had to use a different microphone uh, just for the Zoom live chat, what we did. So yeah. So that'll come live in a second. For everyone watching or people who are starting to switch into this, welcome. Um, we thought we'd do another yak chat for you guys and um, get some information about your local waterways for flathead fishing. We've got the two pro staff boys with us tonight, Josh and Kean, the Queensland crew. So... And we should get some decent knowledge because one of these boys took it out last year. Even though he may not want to share, we're going to force some pushins onto him to uh, push that button a little bit and we'll get some info and hopefully help some of these newer guys out that uh, may not have fished the system, may not have fished the yak on his comp and may not target flathead. Um, I know down in Victoria, we call them channel rat because um, you can go out in the channels and drift for them and they're everywhere. So, But we don't seem to get the sizes that you guys get up there uh, we do have a couple of estuary systems where we get some big ones um, down here in Victoria. So Lake Ties and the areas around East Gippsland, you can land a few. But yeah, we'll see how we go. So what we might do just to start off, boys, um, we might do a bit of an introduction. Just a quick you know, minute or two about yourselves. Um, I know Keen's been out for a fish today, so that could be interesting. Um, you might be able to share a little bit. So yeah, we'll start with you, Josh, and go from there. We'll start again. Sorry, guys. I apologize. Still TV little issues, trying to set it up. So um, we'll start again, Josh. We can't hear... Yeah, okay, now. All right, cool. All right, so Josh, we'll have to get you to talk again. Sorry, mate. Um, yep. Yeah, so just give us a little bit of a rundown again on um, you and Yak Hunters and how long you've been a part of it, and we'll go from that. Yeah, so I've, uh, I've been in Yak Hunters since uh, some point through uh, 2018. Um, kayak fishing uh, for about nine years now. Um, fishing since pretty well I could walk um, do majority of like 99% lure fishing nowadays um, if not 100% and um, yeah I like to target a lot of barren and throat fin and stuff but definitely uh, definitely fond of the old bread and butter session here and there chasing floodies or broom or, or whatever it may be but um, yeah yeah and we'll say before obviously the boys couldn't hear but you run a PA14 with the Garmin live scope technology on that one as well so. yeah I got the uh uh, 
what I find SB in the um, LBS 34 setup on there. So yep. really helpful for the type of fishing I'm typically doing. Yep. Uh, but yeah. 105, eh? 105. That's it. <laughs> I, I guess with the barra too, it'd be probably making it a bit easier to target them directly as well using the live scope. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, you put lure on the head and really sort of tell what they want. Like I was barabishing the other night, for instance, and they were really specific on what they wanted and you'd throw 10 things out of uh, out of the box at them and they'd freak out and take off and you'd put the right lure on and they'd be just key into it straight away. So it saves so much time and mucking around. It's definitely a, a cool feature to have. Yeah, cool. Yeah. All right, so Ken, we'll do a little bit on you, what you fish out of, what you fish for, uh, how long you've been in yak hunters. Yeah, mate, I've joined Jack Hunter, I know, I'm sure it was 2019, correct me if I'm wrong, Lippy, but um, yeah, that's the same year that I got given the privilege to join the pro sub team, and um, yeah, these days I've just been focusing the last couple of months actually chasing um, threadies and jewies, and in between I'll go chase the flat skulls, I can't leave the flat skulls alone, yeah, I love them flathead fishing, Yeah, and I fish off the... Um, Hobie 360, the 14, rigged up with a dual, uh, dual sounder. One is the uh, HDS Gen 2, and the other one's a Garmin 95. Yeah, right. So you've got a double yeah. setup on there. Yeah, double setup. Double setup, yeah. yeah. All right. Now, I have seen some of those photos of some of those big flatheads that have uh, <laughs> been popping up. So some of those monsters are there. And, um, Lippy, if you're not careful, I'm going to come and steal your kayak and go for a fish with those boys if you're not <laughs> yeah, careful. So. We uh, might have to plan something if the way it turns out and goes. So, always welcome. So, um, obviously, I'm not from Queensland. For the guys that don't know, I'm from Victoria. Uh, at the start, we did talk about it, but the sound obviously cut out. Um, so, I target flathead down here in the bay, and we call them channel rat. Basically, they are um, a smaller size than what you guys get up there in Queensland. And um, yeah, we've got a couple of estuary systems where we can get some decent ones and that. But yeah. Um, Definitely, some of the ones that I see coming out of Queensland that ever uh, make me a little envious. So maybe what we might do, guys, is just have a bit of a chat about the system. I don't know the system, so maybe just explain the system to me um, and for the guys that are at home watching that may not have fished this system, what it's like, and um, you know, just give us a bit of a rundown on what it looks like, the areas, flats, deep, uh, mangrove sort of style, and we'll go from there. So we'll go with you first, Josh, a little bit of a rundown, and then we'll move on to Keen. Uh, yeah, so I, I haven't fished a lot down the um, down Jacob's Well sort of way recently, um, but it is definitely a um, definitely a bit more of a shallow system. A um, lot of drop offs, a lot of drains, mangrove edges, a little bit of weed. Um, so it's just a, a textbook flooded fishery. There's just lots of little drop offs and drains and stuff like that to, to be targeting here. Pretty well right from launch where we are, we're looking like we're going to be at the comp. It's uh, it's going to be game on. There's everywhere you go, there will be great flooded ground to fish and. It's definitely the, the closer you get to the Gold Coast, the, the more trophy-sized fish you tend to see. It just seems to be a, a really, really good area for them. I don't know exactly what it is, but they definitely see a lot larger fish on a sort of typical scale than we do here in Brisbane. Um, so it should be should be a really good fun one to fish. I'm definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, right. but, um, yeah. Well, Keen, do you want to maybe give us a run-through on the system, what the guys will be looking at, um, and just give us a basic look of what it looks like? Yeah, basically... Um... It's a large system. Basically, is where we're launching from. That whole stretch there is going to go into the broad water, as we spoke about the boundaries earlier, until Lippi uh, put put up the confirmation boundaries. But 
there'll be plenty of places for everyone to fish. So if the numbers do expand a little bit, there's plenty of room for everyone to explore. You're basically looking at, you know, going all the way to um, Bells Creek roughly. And all as well, you've got the option as going through to uh, the downstream towards the um, Colesman Reserve. That stretch there give you those guys with electric uh, electric motors to actually troll through that, explore a large range of system that's in there, and as well as going all the way to the junction where it meets the beacons. We there will be a cutoff roughly going towards the jumpman, obviously for safety reasons. But um, yeah, there's heaps of abundance of sand flats along those stretches where I reckon we're going to see some monster catches this round, that's for sure. Yeah, right. Because the, the system's fishing extremely well at the moment around the Logan, the Jumping Pin, all those waterways with the, um, not just numbers, but the quality of fish that's coming out at the moment, you know, average size, you're looking high 50s and mid 60s is average these days. So there'll be yeah. plenty of 70s landed on there, I reckon. Yeah, okay. So is the system... Um... Is it sort of that mangrove canal sort of style system or is it more yeah, open it, with flats? It's spot sections, depending on where the boys choose to go, whichever direction. Like you've got, if you're going to play around sort of going towards the um, Bells Creek uh, side, you've got the um, mangroves on either side where it's sort of a narrow sort of uh, river that way. And um, you've got the going, the whole stretch going towards the junction. You've got Sand, a lot of sand flats where it holds, you know, a lot of drain, draining out creeks where the boys normally target those points anyway, yep. where it all drains out as a tide run resides. And, yeah. Yeah, okay. Interesting. So, um, obviously, you've, you said it's fishing quite well at the moment. Have you been out for a fish lately? Um, you caught any decent ones in the last couple of weeks or...? Yes, yep. I'm not going to ask you for GPS marks. I just want to know. <laughs> yeah, no, that's all right. I haven't seen any photos, so I thought you've probably been sneaking something around here. So, yeah, and uh, you made you made it pretty. You know, <laughs> you made it pretty clear at the pre-start of the chat that uh, you've been out for a fish a fair bit lately. So, um, and then you yeah. stopped. So, there's obviously something there that you don't want to share. But that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. I'm just, I'm sure sure the guys will get something out of it anyways. They'll find somewhere to uh, fish. By the sounds of it, it's a pretty large system, so there'll be lots of areas for guys to fish in the comp anyways. Yeah, the Jacobs, whole Jacobs area, like, you don't need to go out too far. You know, you've got the, um, where we're launching from, you've got the boat section where it's all moored around the jetty. There's basically trophy fish all around there, you know. People living off there. Oh, shit, my battery's going to disconnect going up. All right, no worries. That's all right. We'll move over to Josh for a minute. Um, so, Josh, this time of year up there in the Gold Coast and that area, would you expect the bite um, to be more in those real deeper areas or would you still be sort of thinking maybe around those flats and a bit of surfacey sort of stuff on the shallow flats to try and get them up? Or when it's cold like this up there, um, obviously it's not as cold as Vic. So would you guys expect the bite to um, change much at all from what it has been over the summer period? Look, you can definitely go both ways. Um, I personally, through the cooler months, tend to lean for sort of really putting in a lot of effort in the earlier part of the day, um, fishing right up in the shallows, um, trying to get those fish that are trying to get a bit of heat into them. 
Um, so especially like on the Colt, we're going to have pretty well launching an hour after high tide then fishing the run out. So it's going to give us a really good opportunity to get up there on those flats and fish the fish the draining water. And um, yeah, so I'd personally probably be looking at a lot of, a lot of shallow water-based fishing for the um, and there's yep. definitely probably slow that retrieve down a little bit. Like your smaller glide baits and, and really lightly weighted plastics just wafted along with flats are going to go really well because um, they don't typically seem to be as aggressive through that time of year. Um, yep. But they, uh, they will eat with the right techniques. Yeah, okay. So um, what about you, Keen? Obviously, we're talking sort of where to target um, for the time of year being winterish. Um, you know, we just, I just said then to Josh, like, would you expect them to still be on that sort of surfacey shallow bite on the top of the flats or would you be more targeting, uh, the deeper fish down deep in the cold or sort of down in that channel as deep as you can get them? What's yeah. your sort of grab on that one? To be honest, that's the system alone. Fish is everywhere in the shallows, like as Josh just mentioned in the shallows, focus on the shallows. So you don't and, find you know, from summer to winter any real change. Sorry, I should have added that. Yeah, yeah. At the moment, you know, I've been picking up with them and as, as usual, it doesn't really change that much. You know, you, you find them in the drop-off. Like, there's a lot of those, um, as, what, when we're launching, what's the tide? What uh, the tide? Yeah. high we're launching. Yeah, high, so it's outgoing, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That will expose a lot of those um, weed beds that's coming off those sandbanks too. So a lot of guys will uh, be handy to target those weed edges. Yeah, there's a lot of um, sort of uh, patchy, patchy sand areas around the area that we're launching from, and yep. those weed edges will be exposed. That's where all the the flatters lay, and just wait to ambush everything that just flush out anyway. Yeah, right. finding those drain where all the water's draining from those little drain sections that will help. Okay. Um... So what we might sort of talk about a little bit to help some of the guys out that this may be their first comp, um, what sort of rod and reel setup you'd be running, obviously, to target some of those bigger flathead in that system, what you just sort of carry, just a basic rundown, rod size, weight, and size of reel. Uh, it doesn't have to be a specific brand, but just um, to give the idea to the guys what they might need to bring in on the water for the day. So we'll go yeah, with you first, Josh. Yeah, it really comes down to, to what you want to throw. If you're just throwing your... You know, your typical flathead baits, your ZX40s, plastics, your, your smaller jerk baits, even trolley and stuff like that. You can keep it keep it pretty simple with just your standard six foot six to seven foot, two to four kilo rod, 2,500 size reel, and you know that anywhere from six to ten pound braid. You know, eight to eight to fifteen pound leader, depending on sort of how small of a lure you're running. It might sound funny, but I like to go slightly heavier leader with really small lures, just because they tend to swallow a little bit more. Um, but, you know, you're fishing open water for a fish that doesn't really fight too dirty, so you can definitely fish quite light. But on the other end of the spectrum, if you want to be throwing, you know, your glide baits and, and your bigger lures, which is what I typically like to do down there to can the after larger fish, you've got to go to more of what you typically use for your jack barra sort of gear. So that four to eight, six to ten kilo sort of rod, and even moving into your purpose swim baiting rods. Um, I prefer to more go bait caster for that sort of style. Um, and looking at about that sort of 20 pound braid, 30, 40 pound leader. It's definitely not for the sake of how hard the fish are going to fight. It's more for the lures you're throwing. You don't want to be backlashing and casting them off. Um, but you can definitely yeah, go both ways with it, depending on what you want to throw. But I wouldn't say it's a, it's an overly complicated thing. I'm sure you could pull your, your ugly stick out of your, out of your pop shed and, uh, then go and still catch the same fish. <laughs> yeah. Yep. No worries. What about you, Cain? What do you run normally yeah. for a basic setup? 
basically Josh covered everything anyway, but for me, I just keep everything simple. When it comes to flathead fishing, man, just got to keep everything simple, especially for, this is mainly for the new guys anyway, like um, you're simple as your, your one to three, your two to four rod, you know, like that's plenty already. And I run normally, I don't go higher than, barely even go to 12 pound leader. So yeah, I never lost really, I don't think I've even lost maybe one fish from what I can remember, that was it, yeah? Yeah, right. Yeah, like, I've always, like, that's the thing, like, for, for all the guys who are starting off, you know, just keep things simple. You're norm, normal, like a, um, if you're going to troll, if you're a beginner, I reckon um, the the old atomic cranks, even though it's small, but they've picked, me, picked up plenty of, um, Oh, I sort of coloured this. I stole my daughter's um, nail polish and coloured it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, change the colours on them a little. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the little cranks, you know. You start yep. off, you just troll or cast it or whatever, you know, like your six to, to eight pound. You know, it doesn't really restrict the little lures too much. With so, that sort so, of you, line. so are you using the deep dive cranks there or are you still yeah, the deep, those mid-range sort of... Yep, the dead ones. Yeah, double D's. Yeah, the double yep. D's. And if you're gonna fish a bit shallow, but I, even though I go in shallow, the double D's actually help when it's digging into the sand, stir it up a little bit, you know, yeah, those fish in, you know. get those sand clouds up, get the disturbance. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So uh, you've sort of covered my next question there uh, with it as well. For someone who's never really fished for fighter or never target them, your suggestion is obviously to troll a little bit, um, especially if they're in that amateur division. Yeah, um, yeah, and work their way along. I suppose it covers a lot more ground as well, yeah. um, rather than sitting on one spot and sort of yeah. punching into that spot and wasting a lot of time. They're going to cover a lot more ground, and um, yeah. yeah, they may get that fish that may not get the biggest fish, so to speak, but they um, may get more fish than others that won't cover the ground. So, yeah, I think that's a pretty good um, start for someone who's never been to a comp. What about you, Josh? Have you got any recommendations for someone who's new to fighthead fishing and? Um, just starting out and this might be their first comp. Yeah, look, Ken definitely nailed it. Just the, those smaller cranks, you know, stuff like, like the atomic that he mentioned, even your little jackals, your, your Zeri Tango Chads, which everyone knows and loves. They're a great option for, for trolling because you, you'll just pick up everything on them here. Everything eats small lures. Um, if, you, if you're more into the casting sort of style stuff, if you're in the pro category of trolling, it's not really a thing. I'd probably look at running like a you know, two and a half inch grub or even like a like three inch paddle tail lure. And you can either slow roll that in the shallows or just hop it off those edges and, and in the channels and stuff like that as well. And just making sure you're making contact with the bottom anywhere from a one eight to one quarter ounce jig head, depending on depth and current. Yeah. Um, but maybe a great option casting here, but otherwise can nailed it with the with the smaller cranks. They are an absolute killer. Yeah. My so, money's on the um the amateur class pulling out the big fish this this round. Oh, always. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah because um yeah, it's interesting. The bigger ones down here in Vic tend to um, not not be so active. They like to sit. They get big for a reason, and yes. um, you've got to really tempt them to bite at times. Uh, they'll sit on a lure and watch it rather than just attack it, whereas the smaller ones down here, well, the reason we call them channel rats basically is they will chase after it and just destroy it. There's been times where we're bringing a bait down through the water column and they'll actually attack it on the drop and the bigger ones are underneath them, but the small ones just keep getting over the top of them. So, yeah. Um, so I suppose you've sort of covered a few things, but what we might do is move into three or four lures that you've got there. I see you've got a bit of a collection, Josh. So 
uh, three or four lures and the techniques that you'd recommend and use for those lures just to give the guys some input on what to use and how to use it. Yeah, look, if, if you had to have three lures for the event as someone that doesn't really do a lot of flathead fishing, I'd probably look at running, I don't have all three of them here, but Lures Eric Tango Chad, um, 50 mil size, any color really. Um, you know, a lot of guys like pink, other dudes like natural colors. I probably tend to more go towards your natural or darker colors. Um, so that's a great option for your trolling. For your casting, um, I look at, like I was saying, those two and a half inch, three inch grubs, paddle tails. Uh, would be my second option. And then I'd probably, as something a little bit different, look at going to maybe like a ZX40, ZX43, um, as something you can sort of vibe along and bounce it off the bottom and stuff as well. Um, those three will catch flooded on any day of the year in any conditions. They are um, definitely proven killers. Yeah. Yep. Okay, what about you, Ken? Yeah, basically, Josh got covered up with the ZX43, um, which is, um, I barely fish for that. But I had to change the tactic last round for the Bongi Creek round, actually, because um, it was only a narrow, narrow little stream. So everyone's moving up and down. I just sat on one location and just worked this all day long. That picked up a good, solid 15 fish on a day, yeah, which right. was a pretty, pretty quiet day that day, too. And I just sat on one location. That's why you can't go past these ZX 40s or 30s in that range of eco gear. They... Pretty much versatile. You can either cast and retrieve or you can troll them, actually. Mm. So it's good for those um, beginners who just want to just cruise along, float along, and just have that at, at the back trolling along. But um, apart from that, as Josh mentioned, all those jerk baits and crankbaits, I've ran the um, crazy sheds for a while last year. That picked up some good-sized flatheads, like these sort of uh, similar to the... Um, the zero tango sheds that um, Josh just mentioned, the same sort of profile, as well as uh, don't you can't go past the the old clarky, you know, the paddle tails, you know, any sort of paddle tail profiles, bait fish profile. These are the gobblers. I normally nowadays, yeah, yeah, or the um, the Z-mans, which are awesome actions on them, you know. Your two and a half to four and a half inches perfectly for those locations. And what else? And if you're fishing um, deeper drop-offs, even doesn't have to be deeper drop-off for those beginners who just want to troll vibes. You know, it, it works the same, same, same thing. There's a flathead lying there. You either can cast them or just troll them. I use the, I love the 3D busters and the crazies at the moment, as you see most of my posts. This one, I don't know if you see all the marks on there. Yeah. All the battle scars on there. Something about them, I... No pun intended. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I noticed a couple of them, you've got the uh, hooks off, which has got me asking a question. So do you find that you need to upgrade the split rings and the uh, trebles at all on any of those um, for the bigger fish when you're targeting the bigger flathead or you find that the standard... Nah, flathead's right? fine. We're on, the, we're on the kayak, you know. We, it's... We can fight any size, like you don't really have to upgrade the um, split rings. I never find any situation where I have to upgrade any split rings when you're char targeting all these um, flatheads. Yeah, okay. I was going to say, I need to get yeah. you boys down here on the cod. You'll soon learn what happens when you don't change split rings and upgrade your hooks to some stronger <laughs> hooks. Well, yeah. with the <laughs> oh, mate, they're unbelievable. They'll break a split ring in half and they'll uh, straighten out a treble pretty quick and snap it off. So. Yeah, when you get onto those big meter-long fish, they're um 
they're a different beast and they like to fight. So, yeah. Um, so obviously we've covered a couple of lures there to help the guys out. Um, one of the questions that's come through while we're talking about it, guys, do you use scent when you're targeting flathead or no scent? Scent, definitely scent. I um, I don't think it matters with getting the initial bite with flathead, but I find that especially fishing plastics, and not everyone's going to agree with me, they'll quite often eat the tail of the plastic. You'll feel the eat, you'll go to set it, and it'll stretch out and they'll uh, they'll they'll drop it. Yep. I find that scent gets them coming back like 99% of the time. You know, it's sort of just that little bit of a taste for them that, that definitely brings it back. But to get the initial eat, I don't think it matters. But on the plastics, I think scent's a big thing for those short strikes. You're getting that more commitment out of the fish rather okay. than just that's, being a, a timid bite. the nail on the head, man. These days, man, like there's no no fishermen out there. As they say, they're not using scent, they're lying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doesn't hurt no. adding it on. Yeah. It, no. it, it, I've always I say to all the new guys when they come to the comps, um, you know, look guys, use as much scent as you like. It's, there's no rule against scent, but if you're not using it, everyone else is. You're already at a disadvantage. Yeah, Good up just to chuck wrong. it on. I put on everything, absolutely everything. I don't care blades, vibes, everything gets scent covered on it. Um, and it's never going to be a hindrance. It's, if anything, it's always going to be a help. You're never going to diminish your chances of fish biting scent so it's always worth doing yeah exactly so i, I tend to use s factor a lot down here um you know i've used i've used the gulp stuff before i'm not a big fan of gulp stuff um procure stuff works well the digi scent stuff works okay you know i've, I've used quite a few so yeah um, that's the thing they all work like um <laughs> it was funny at my last comp down here we actually had a guy who'd made his own mix up with like a garlic scent and he was catching decent fish with that so yeah you know, it, it just proves the point it doesn't matter what it is anything smelly that's on there is um always going to be a help nothing's going to be a hindrance against it so that's it. um what we might do guys we might uh answer a couple of these questions that were put in the comments um on the post that we put up um, so top three show what a jerkbait crankbait type lures for trolling I'll go with you first Josh and we'll move over to you Kane doesn't matter if they're the same ones boys look I probably probably still stick with that tango shad um, for your trollers that's definitely always going to be in the mix even if you're trolling in a foot of water yes they get down to I believe it's 1.6 you want them puffing in that sand making up a commotion bringing in fish um, another one you can't look past and I think you haven't fished for flathead unless you've got one of these fellas in your box, but a, a 95 mil or a 75 mil dial with double clutch, um, yep. they've always got to have on hand. Casting or trolling, they're absolutely epic with that weight transfer chamber in them, and uh, they kill it. I think it's covered in bulk battle scars from plenty of flathead over the years. But um, a third one, I probably wouldn't put it down as a particular lure, but as a third option, I like going a large shallow diving hard body anywhere between 110 and 150 mil like that happens to be a, a lucky craft but yep. that's sort of a, a bait that i really like to run really shallow water anywhere from six inches to foot and a half to wean out those really big fish still puffs that sand but it's just a bit of a different option that not everyone's always throwing and i think it does quite well sometimes but yeah yeah right it's um it's interesting isn't it those double clutch in the higher mil like those 70s and that I've actually caught calamari on them like squid fishing around um, jetties and stuff and they've launched onto it. So they're a really good lure for anything, I think. So what about you, Keen? What's your top three shallow water jerk baits and crankbaits for trolling? Yeah, basically Josh has covered on the double clutch. Like he said, if you're fishing for flatties, you don't have that on the tackle box, then 
you know, you're missing, you're missing out, that's for sure. And apart from that, it's like uh, I've mentioned earlier, the, um, the crazy sheds, which is the same sort of similar profile as the, um, the tangos. And yeah, the cranks I also mentioned, which is the, um, the atomics or sort of, uh, yeah, the, the atomic sort of profile, basically. Yeah. With these fish, they're not fast, you know, like you're, you're trolling anything that's digging into the sand or stirring them up, that they strike no matter what you want to troll. So this is the way of feeding at the moment. So I miss one at you, Keen, because you seem to like the trolling a bit more. Um, how deep oh, are you? I, I, I don't really troll. You don't really troll? All right, there we go. He's, just just keep, remember that, boys. He's talking about trolling, and now he's uh, saying he doesn't troll. So keep that in mind. Um, <laughs> how deep of water can you troll over flathead without spooking them? Um, right, if you, if you, if that's, that's the thing with these spots that we were fishing for the comp. It's pretty shallow. Around... I don't know around you really. Um, I don't know. You, if you, you're drifting over a flathead that's laying down within a metre and a half or two, you're already spooking a decent-sized one anyway, depending on the clarity of the water as well. Yeah. To add into that, I've seen a technique before that guys quite often run in the flathead classic trolling is they'll troll that shallow that their motor's hitting the sand and puffing up sand, yeah. and they'll even cut laps around an area which sort of brings flathead in and stirs them up. Yeah. It sounds wild, but it's a technique that I've I've seen them do quite a bit. And yeah, yeah, puffing up that sand can even bring them in a bit I was, more. I was going to say the same thing. It's pretty hard to spook a flathead. You'll spook a flathead, they'll shoot off, but they'll actually turn around generally and look at what spooked them. They mm. don't just take off, so they'll come back. Um, that's why we sort of say, you know, drive your baits into the bottom, let them hit the bottom, hit the rocks, hit hit everything, make noise, puff sand up, um, because it ends up working as a bit of an attraction to attract them in. So. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a hard one. Now the other one that's on here, um, one of the guys has asked if they could get some info on swim baits. Um, I'm guessing it's probably more around what. Uh, just maybe if you've got, I know you've got one there, Josh. So maybe just go over how you'd use that swim bait. Um, maybe show it if you can reach it. Yeah, it's um it's something I was hoping to actually segue into because it's a technique that probably the last two years I've done a lot more of my flathead fishing based around. Um, so swim baits, glide baits, um, stuff like your your slapsticks, they're a really good option. As you know, this is like one of John Costello's old school go-tos from all these old videos, and now you've even got the the um, the whiting glides or whatever he calls them, um, soft glides. Um, they're a really good option for a soft swim bait for just wafting over really, really shallow water. Um, and I quite often run as well um, like a Gangcraft range. So it'll be a your 128 Gancraft that I'll throw on just my standard two to four kilo setup. It's not that heavy. That'll catch all flathead fishing shallow water. And you can jump up to your 148s. You run that still carefully on that sort of gear, but I'd probably more fish that on your Jack Barra sort of gear. Then you can even get into, that's uh, a Lucky Craft Real AU. That'd be something I'd use on swim bait specific sort of gear. This is the sort of um, lure you're using to really wean out those bigger 70 plus fish. Like I remember a few years ago, we did a um, event at Bribey with our hunters. Keen was throwing the, I believe it was the 220 Zeric Affinity all day. I think he got two or three fish, but it put him in like first or second place. I can't quite remember. It's, it, you don't get a lot of fish on this technique, but it's, it's one you wean out your larger fish. And it's just that really slow sort of retrieve fishing around the edges of weed clumps, um, sort of edges of your little like creek entrances and stuff like that, or even over flats. You just, 
slowly winding that lure along and just getting it gliding and fading out on itself and um, just looking like a real sick sort of fish. But it's definitely a, a fun technique to fish for your flathead. And um, they're not going to get what about you, Kane? Have um, do you do much with the swim baits and stuff? Or no, I'm, I'm too impatient these days. As you got get with age, you know what I mean. So I just <laughs> want to keep moving, cast yeah, and retrieve, and keep covering more ground. That's the tip for these uh this comp actually for these guys who's starting off or first time doing it. Yeah. Like cover more ground because you know at the end day everyone's everyone be paddling all over each other's grounds and shallow and narrow streams and stuff. That's a hard thing with spreading. A lot of people in an area makes it very hard. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you have to bite your tongue sometimes when people paddle straight over where you're casting. So, Josh, that's the etiquette, yeah. Yeah, and look, that's that's a big thing with comps. A lot of guys, mm. um, especially the newer guys, don't really realize. You know, you got to give guys that you know spot. You, there's another spot up river. Come back to it once you've moved out of it. Don't get on top of each other. Um, yeah. It definitely makes it pretty hard when you've got guys that. Obviously, they don't know any better either, but they'll be new to a comp and they'll go, well, he's been here a while. I'll follow him and I'll fish behind him. But what I don't realize is it takes away the edge that you're working that ground um, and it can ruin it for both of you. So That's probably something to even segue into as well. Um, we talked about it um, a little while ago on the Yak Hunters Doc Lewis podcast we did is, you know, you, you've got a lot of dudes in a very small area that are definitely going to want to be fishing the same spot. So it's always a race to the, to the spots at the start of the session, but if you've got somebody that gets to an area you want to fish first, it's not the end of the world, you know, go do something else for an hour and you can come back to it later in the day. Just because they've fished an area doesn't mean that's the end of it. You know, yeah. more flat page up there. They're going to forget. I've caught the same flat twice in the same session before. Like that, not the most genius fish in the world, but um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't stress about because you want to fish an area. There's people already on it. Definitely just keep it in the back of your mind and come back to it throughout the day. But, big thing is give people space when they are fishing a spot. Cause like you said, you know, people don't realize where you're casting, you know, they'll paddle over it or spook stuff. It, it definitely does make it a bit of a headache, but. And yeah. everyone uses something different. Like not everyone uses the same lure, yeah, same it, technique. Everyone's different. Yeah. Like we had it at our last comp where guys were fishing a spot. Uh, another member went in, fished that same spot and actually caught a rip of 40 centimeter brim out mm -hmm. of that area, you know, and they're, mm -hmm. They're normally that sort of a fish. Once they've been pricked once, you won't see them for a couple of days. They they switch on pretty quick. They're smart. So it just proved the point that it, he was obviously throwing something different to the guys that were in there. They weren't pulling the fish out. They left. He left it for 20, 30 minutes, went in there, bang, caught fish. Yeah, so, a great example. Like I'll, I'll run a flat edge glide baiting, throwing something like this. Ken will come past me 20 minutes later. He'll throw his ZX and catch 10 fish out of it that I've missed because I've been targeting something specific. So... Yeah, just keeping an eye on what other anglers are doing can really sort of help your chances throughout the day. So what we might do, Josh, while we're talking about swim baits, we might move into, do you want to go through your technique for fishing a swim bait for the guys that have never used one before? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so just a, 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 use the weight to, to your advantage, if, especially if you've got a windy day or something, use wind as well to your advantage. Get as big and long of a cast as you can to get as far away from the kayak as possible. Um, try and fish more around those shallower areas. I'll fish a swim bait up to about two meters of clear water, dirtier water up to about a meter. Um, big long cast, and then it's just a really slow retrieve, sort of like a half wind stop, half wind stop. And you just want that lure gliding, fading out, and just being real dopey and sort of slow. You can pretty well see this swim bait most of the time, the whole retrieve, um, but it's just been as slow as possible. Yeah, you really want to try and pick swim baits that are either floating or 
suspending. You don't want to be fishing too many sinking swim baits on a flat for flat egg because you've got to fish them too quickly. Um, so like stuff like your Gamecraft joining claws are great. Lucky Craft really I use the various hens teeth nowadays, but they're hard to get. Um, but even, you know, like for a cheaper end of the spectrum, swim baits are definitely considered to be an expensive lure. You can look at like your um, your Fishcraft Dr. Glides. I think they do them at a 128 there. They're in bargain bins at, at Tackleworlds for, I think it's like two for two for 30 or two for 25. Um, your Savage Gear swim baits are another great option for a cheaper option. So it's something people would definitely get into no matter what price point they're sort of looking for. Um, but yeah, try and look for stuff that's floating or get it suspending because you don't really want to sort of drag them through the dirt. They don't sort of do their thing yeah. like a hard body would, for instance. Yeah, so you, it's, you're sort of talking um, the opposites when you're using your cranks and stuff. You want to keep your cranks on the bottom, hitting the bottom of your swim bait. You want to keep it off the bottom. You want these up, definitely, yeah. 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 So, so, like, like even I love fishing these things, in, like, especially in clean water, water, like it will be at the start and spend when we've got like fresh ocean water pushed into the pin. You'll be able to fish it in two meters of water and they'll come up off the bottom investigating it. Um, yeah. That's when they're active. When they're being active, you're going to need to be closer to the bottom or fishing shallow, but you definitely don't really want to be touching the bottom as such. But then you said, why you stuff like your, your slap sticks and, um, and your soft lines where they're in a different sort of technique altogether. I sort of prefer to sort of fish these on a softer rod and sort of whack it so that sort of slingshots up and even rolls on the surface and it fades away. And then I'll let it fade out until it lays on the bottom, let it sit on the bottom for, you know, three, four seconds and then do the same thing again. So there are, a similar style of lure, that larger bait that you do fish very differently. I, I get majority of my eats on these from it sitting on the bottom. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I can see there that one's got two sets of trebles on the back. Have you added yeah. that on it or that's how they come? I or have. So added... they, come, they come just as the, the, the soft plastic itself. I think they're in a pack of like five. Yep. But yeah, I originally years ago followed John Costello's ringing guides on these. It's just a, that's an O to beast hook. I think that's a six O just screwed into the front. And then I've just got some, I think it's 30 pound liter yeah. with two trebles on it. You can run one or two trebles. Um, yeah. I run the two because you do every now and then get smaller fish trying to eat these things. So I do, sort of... I do very similar on the cod. I run one big treble at the back. Um, generally, with those bigger cod, because the mouth's so hard, that back one will pin them in the back of the tongue. Um, mm. So you don't spit the hook as easy. So that front one, if it doesn't quite catch them in the, in the mouth, at least you've got a treble in the back, sort of in the back of the mouth hooked in. Um, it just gives you that bit of extra security. So, yeah. Funnily enough, too, having that sort of setup in them gives them a really sort of level fall. It's sort of that they're pretty neutrally weighted. Yeah. Um, so that does work quite well. That's a BKK Fang 663 in a size 4 and a size 6 for anybody that's actually interested. But, yeah, that's a, that's a deadly setup in really, really shallow water for flat end. So you're sort of saying that when you do the retrieve, you go slow and you sort of do half ones. Do you put a pause in at all or are you just a really slow retrieve with a sort of semi-pause in the middle? It's sort of that half wind pause and, and then I'll watch that lure and it'll it'll fade out. And, you know, a good swim bait will do a 180 on itself and turn back. Yep. So I'll sort of wait until it finishes that fade and then kick into it again. Different lures will give you different break time, but it's probably, you know, you're doing a half wind every maybe two seconds, three seconds. Yep. Um, so it's it, you're covering ground, but it is quite a slow sort of style of retrieve. Yeah. But then these things, it's it's even slower again. You you're waiting for an unweighted lure to slowly walk yeah. to the bottom. So these are typically one I'll more look to maybe fish around a drain or around the edges of weed clusters and stuff, spots that are gonna have structure to hold fish. Yeah. Because you don't cover a lot of ground fishing these. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. 
So what we might sort of do, have you guys got anything you want to talk about specifically while we're sort of moving into the last sort of parts of the chat? Swim badge with me, I'm happy now. Swim badge with you, what about you, Keen? Do you want to have a chat about anything specific with targeting Flathead? No, nah, you're happy to let, let me lead the way. We'll go through the questions. <laughs> yep. All right, so what we might do, boys, we'll start with you, Josh. Do you want to give us a bit of a favourite sort of uh, special fishing story to finish off for the night? Um, just something that doesn't have to be your biggest catch, just something memorable for you. Uh, that's that's probably about as hard of a question as I think you can ask a fish, eh? <laughs> <laughs> There's just too many of them. Oh, uh, look, uh, everyone has a favourite. I've got favourites. No, I, don't, I honestly don't have a favourite. I, I love everything that I catch. It's it's all just as fun for me. Yeah. So no yeah. special moment at all, with no special catch, no special moment, no biggest PB of something that you'd never thought you'd get? Oh, look, there's plenty of PBs, but they're all special. <laughs> probably oh, so... if I had to single out something, first barrel from a kayak, that was probably a really cool one. That was actually local. That was like six years ago. It was in like a 40-centimeter fish, but that was probably maybe one of my most special catches, just yeah. to be able to get a local barrel on a kayak. But That's, other than uh... that, that's yeah. definitely on my uh, bucket list. I'm actually trying next year to come up your way and try and get a barra. So, yeah, have to get out up to Monterey with Scotty or something uh, like that. But... Yeah, well, I'm, I'm actually I, I've I'm planning on doing a lot of travel, so I'm really hoping that you know I'll have the trailer and that on, and I'll head up to Queensland and spend a, a week or two up there. Um, yeah, we'll I really want to chase a barra, but yeah, like I say, at the same time, I look at some of it and go, do I really? I look at the waters and I look at the crocs and stuff up that way at some of the northern ends and go, do I really want to? Being a kayak with them in the water as well. So, yeah. Uh, what about you, Keen? Have you got a, a story you can share with us? Not so, maybe um, a whole catch, but um, actually, I was fighting uh, a 3D one time, you know, and all of a sudden, it just times five its speed. And I'm like, why the hell is this all of a sudden feels like five times bigger than it's supposed to be? And then little bit I realized it was actually a shark that was tailing it. Oh. I was fighting this uh, 3D for a while and the adrenaline were rushing and all that. As, and all of a sudden it got close to the yak. As, um, so I thought I fought it off to the point where it fatigued. I went to pick it up. The adrenaline still rushing. I scooped it up and I was relieved as hell. Dropped the net onto the kayak, front of the yak and not realizing half of the body's been bitten off already by attacked by the shark. <laughs> so, as I scooped it, it was already bleeding, you know, the guts and stuff were all falling out, but I was just that relieved to actually land this bloody fish and not realise half the body was missing in this place. That's sort of the most memorable fishing story that I've got. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, look, like I said, I, my, I don't care about the sharks. The sharks don't bother me. I'm more worried about the bloody crocs because I'm scared they're going to jump in the yak with me. So they jump in the yak, I'm jumping out by the sounds of it. So yeah. That's probably one that I've got. I actually don't know how I forgot about it. If I got about it. Um, probably a month ago now, I put a thready in the page that I, I got and it knocked my GoPro out of the kayak. I was fishing at night. Oh, and, no. um, the light on my GoPro landed upright on the bottom so I could just see the the twinkle of the light in the water. I was in 5.2 metres of water and I'd had a shark on the thready. That's what made me think of that just then, a bully on it. And um, he, he went away, I got the fish, fish knocked it in the water. I, I got rid of the fish, I was done with it. And um, I, I went into shore, hit up a dude at the boat ramp to borrow his cast net because I thought I could cast the GoPro. It was just on like a railway as a pole. Uh, yeah, yeah. And 
I went out there, tried to cast it for like 20 minutes, couldn't get it. The current was pumping too hard to actually get the um, the net over the, the camera. And I thought I was close, but I watched the 48 minutes of footage when I got home and I didn't even see <laughs> the camera. Um, but then basically, eventually I decided, nah, I'm going to jump in and get it because the light was just taunting me. So I jumped in, dove down, got it, jumped back in the kayak, and then lo and behold, I look at the side scan and the right-hand side of it had blacked out from the, I'm assuming the same shark coming up to have a look at me. <laughs> yeah, I, um, yeah, I've done the duck dive out in the bay out here before I've rolled my kayak over and dropped a couple of rods, and I just I was only in about two metres of water, and I thought, nah, stuff these, and it was pretty dark, put the flippers on, put a mask on, go for a dive, retrieve the stuff, but... Yeah, it's a common area around here too. You get thrashes and that coming in, and seven girls in that area of it. So, yeah, it's it's, it's handy when you're not a swimming, see? Yeah. Not like <laughs> what, what are you What are you doing on the body kayak if you don't know how to swim? That's a bad mix. You worry about that when you fall in. Oh yeah, you will worry about it when you fall in. That's what you wear a life jacket for, I suppose. <laughs> oh no. So, all right. Um, look, it's not. Flathead related, but I know you two boys both like to taste the uh, threadies and the jewies and stuff. So someone's asked, uh, what's your go-to thready and jewy lure? And you start. <laughs> in this ask. <laughs> Just chuck one in, boys. Chuck your favourite one in. Oh, everyone already knows mine. <laughs> everyone on the Yak Hunters already know mine. <laughs> <laughs> And for those guys that don't know, I'm pretty sure. I'm not sure whether Keen's in on it or not. But Lippy's actually running a uh, Threadies lesson as well. So for you guys that are listening and that, uh, yeah, these boys will most likely be there as well to help out. So, My favourite probably depends on what I'm fishing. If I'm fishing for Jew and water, a bit in shallow water, I'll generally go adult shrimp in three-inch, jig and weight suit. Fishing a bit deeper, I last try on a 95 little fish trap. So they're caught just a stupid amount of the for me. Yeah. Um, and then they can get a little bit of it. Yeah, like we'll talk about me and Ken will both be there on the yeah, I know it's coming up. I'm not sure of the dates. Um, Lippy will be able to add that in the comments. He'll be listening all the way. So, um, yeah, look, thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate the time you've given us tonight to give us a bit of a rundown and have a bit of a chat. Um, there doesn't seem to be any more questions in here at the moment. So we'll leave it at that. If you guys have got any questions, chuck them in the comments, guys. It'll We'll get someone to get back to you and help you out. Um, as we said, I think Fighthead are a pretty versatile fish. There's... Um, majority of ways that you fish for anything you'll be able to catch them uh they they're not a, a shy fish when it comes to leaders and lures and stuff so they are a good fish to target for the new guys so if you're new to kayak fishing and new to yak hunters definitely get around it have a go get involved um you know this could be the comp that changes you and you know it's a big thing at the moment we're all talking about it but you know kayaking and fishing in the comps yak hunters especially it's more of a social thing than a competition and you meet people and make friends and you get to fish together and you know i know josh and Kane fish together a little bit so you know they've probably met through yak hunters really um yeah see so there you go like you know my fishing buddies that i fish with out of the kayak we've all met through yak hunters um it's a big thing so get around it get social with the boys and you know get involved 
Uh, well, definitely doesn't follow the comp stigma either. It's it's just a social day fishing with prizes at the end. That's literally what it is. It's it's an awesome it's an awesome vibe to have bolt kayaks launch out of the same spot. Everyone's got the same mindset. You come back, everyone tells the stories. It's it's a really cool experience that even if you've been kayak fishing for two weeks, you've got to just come and give it a go because it just teaches you so much so quickly and you're around a, a group of super like-minded people. Yeah. You get a chance to put a face next to the name, you know. Most of us only see the profile pictures anyway, you know. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> exactly. And look, the other thing is, guys, you go out, you're not catching a fish. You know, arcs. Arcs are guys. I haven't caught a fish all day. It's been out for four or five hours. Can you tell me what are you chucking? What they won't they may not tell you if they've got really good fish exactly what they're throwing, but they will give you an indication on yak on a comps normally. Um, you know, I help all the new guys out in Vic when they come around and the first thing I say when I see them when I get back to land, did you catch a fish? No pre-fish you didn't catch a fish okay what did you throw show me and you know i'll try and point him in the right direction it's all about having fun getting involved so yeah especially um the newer guys you know we want you to come back we want you to have fun we don't want you not to catch fish so yeah guys you know like i said if you've got any questions for these boys on the day ask them you know they seem pretty free they've given up their time tonight to help you out so um while we're talking about it guys if you are enjoying this sort of like the yak chat style um, chuck it in the comments with a one or a yes or something for me so I know that you are enjoying it up there in Queensland and um, we'll continue to do some more of these around some other species and um, get some more guests on to do a chat and get some info for those newer guys alright boys thank you very much I appreciate your time uh, appreciate you giving your night up for us on a Sunday night on a long weekend but yeah thank you very much Easy. cheers guys so there you go guys uh, that's the chat with the boys from Queensland on their round three for Flathead. So, guys, if you're enjoying this sort of thing and you're enjoying the live feed as well as the podcast chats that we're doing, please, you know, let me know in the comments. Um, you know, message me. Let me know that you want to see more of this stuff. If you are enjoying it, I'm prepared to keep going with it. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying talking to people. So, you know, I'm learning different things and meeting different people that. I've made the faces of through profile pictures, as the boys said, but now I'm getting to have a chat to them through Zoom and introduce myself and have a bit of a chat and make some friends along the way. So if you're enjoying it, please, you know, like it, comment on it, um, you know, review it through the podcast platform so that we know that you like that format. Let us know. But most of all, guys, join your state page for Yak Hunters. Get involved. Get around it. Um, yeah, you're never going to know. We've had some new guys from Vic recently join. They've had a good time. I'm hoping that they'll be back. So, you know, the only way this grows and changes is if everyone gets involved and has a go. And, yeah, I'm pretty free and upcoming with some information to try and help you out. You get you on the fish, you're on the days, on the comps. And, yeah, let us know how you all find it and how you all feel. And, yeah, I hope you are enjoying it as much as I am. So, until then, catch you later.